Welcome to Common Ground Radio, an hour-long discussion of local food and agriculture brought to you by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association, along with our community radio station, WERU 89.9 FM, Blue Hill. I'm your host, Caitlin Barker, and today we're talking about food access and equity in Maine. I have three guests joining in the discussion today, Brenna May Thomas-Guggins of Patch Farm in Denmark, Maine, Jimmy DiBiase, Executive Director of the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets, and Hilary Barter, MAFCA's Educational Programs Coordinator. So I'm going to start by giving our guests a chance to go around and introduce themselves and give some background info, especially related to food access and equity. Jimmy, do you want to jump in? Sure. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Jimmy from the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets. We're a statewide nonprofit. Um, we operate in remote offices with a staff of three of us. Uh, I'm based in Freeport. And MFFM, as I will refer to our organization, we run a number of programs. I liken us to a chamber of commerce in support of the farmers market community of Maine. There's approximately 100 summer farmers markets in Maine and another 20 to 30 winter markets that operate during some part of the winter months. We provide a number of services to them. All of these markets are almost entirely independently run by the farmers and food producers who sell there. Um, so they are very efficient at getting to market and bringing amazing foods and products. Um, and they, they have established you know, independent standalone entities that are the market organizations to run themselves. So we do everything from um, market support. We run a conflict resolution training program for markets, um, but our big program is Maine Harvest Bucks. And that's that's a program where people who shop with SNAP EBT, program formerly known as food stamps, can use their SNAP at farmers markets. And when they do, they earn bonus bucks that can be used to buy fruits and vegetables. And I'm sure I'll have more time to speak about that later. Yeah, great. Thank you. I'm looking forward to getting into that later. Brenna May? Yeah, hi. Um, well, I'm Brenna May, and I run my farm with my partner, Brandon, here in Denmark, Maine, and as well as kind of running a very diverse vegetable and livestock um, operation. I also participate as a market manager at uh, the Bridgeton Farmers Market um, in neighboring Bridgeton, and we operate, you know, a, a fairly good-sized market during the summer months, but then we also have a much smaller market that runs through the winter months, which is um, a lot of fun and a lot of challenge, you know, to kind of get everybody through the winter, but it was a really exciting thing to start up a few years ago because customers really wanted it and were asking us for it, um, and then, also at our farm, we run a CSA and a little farm stand. Um, and through both our farmers markets and our CSA program, Jimmy was mentioning harvest bucks. And that's a very important thing, you know, not just to my farm, but also the community to um, be able to offer kind of a diverse way um, for people to get their food, not only through farmers markets, but CSA farm stands and having um, multiple opportunities to use their SNAP and EBT um, and and kind of have some diversity in, in making food more accessible throughout the community. Um, we also, as a farm, offer WIC and have participated in the senior farm share programs. Um, and it's just, you know, really 
living in what doesn't seem like rural Maine, but is definitely a rural Maine. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of people with um, um, very different income streams and, um, you know, access to things. So just being able to participate in as many different programs as we can um, just to make food accessible at all is super uh, fun and challenging and um, important, so, yeah. Thank you. Hillary, you want to jump in? Sure. Hi, um, my name is Hillary Barter and I work for Mafka. I do a variety of things here at Mafka. Two of them relate most closely to the conversation we're having today. So Mafka is a subrecipient of federal funding for the to fund the Maine Harvest Bucks program. We're, we're a subrecipient under the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets. And we coordinate one small piece of the Maine Harvest Bucks program. And that's, that's the component of the program that supports farmers who offer um, these bonus bucks um, directly to their consumers through community supported agriculture programs or CSAs. And so we, we assist farmers in offering a 50% discount um, to folks who participate in the SNAP EBT program. Um, on veggie CSAs. And so one of my roles here is assisting farmers in, in offering that. I also support our policy director on some initiatives um, that sometimes relate to food access and equity as well. Great. Well, that kind of leads into my first question that I thought we could discuss, which is what exactly is food access and what is food equity? And and anyone who wants to jump in first and give their definition, I'm, I'm happy to hear it and see where this conversation goes. I can, I can kick it off. Um, I mean, you know, food access, broadly speaking, right, is just where are you going? Like, where does someone go to get food? It could be their backyard garden. It could be the nearby grocery store. Um, equity and food access therefore being like ensuring that all peoples are able to access the same type of food, preferably um, healing, nourishing food that is clean and um, yeah, affordable and access meaning like everybody can afford it, whether it's through free or subsidized means or yeah, just paying, paying for it the normal market way. Um, I would say you know, just in the work that we do, we consider all farmers markets food access points. And those that participate in Maine Harvest Bucks, we can consider them um, farmer, you know, food access points that are accessible to nearly all Mainers. I don't want to exclude, you know, people who don't feel comfortable at a farmer's market or who don't necessarily qualify for um, SNAP EBT, but are still quite low income and therefore may not find the farmer's market to be a suitable access point for them just because they're not able to afford it. Um, but yeah, I would say what's what's wonderful about uh, farmer's markets is that they can pop up in areas where there's not grocery stores. Um, that One example would be the Howland Farmer's Market. People who live in Howland, Maine, I from and this is this is hearsay from one of the organizers of that market so i maybe this has changed in the last two years but i'm pretty sure they have to drive 15 to 25 miles um or minutes i'm sorry to get to 
anywhere that has fresh produce. So they started a farmer's market on a Sunday, right when church gets out. And it's been a thriving, small community focused market with just a handful of food producers selling there uh, for the past three, four years now. So um, food access and, you know, the local food scene, just having a Maine having a thriving local farming agriculture community and local farmers market community and and farm stands like Brenna Mays um, just like adds a number of more points on the map and you know just again access and equity and I hope I'm not taking everybody else's answers but like resilience right like when there was a warehouse fire I started this job in 2017 or I started working for the Federation in 2017 and there was a warehouse fire at one of the supermarkets and you know, Maine is just at the end of the distribution line, right? Most of the fresh produce we're getting isn't coming down from Canada. It's coming like across the country, west to east. Uh, so the grocery store shelves and the produce aisles were, were low stocked. Um, and of course, there's been other shortages with COVID. Um, so there, you know, having, I would say, equity for Mainers would be just having a resilient food system that um, that is ideally locally produced. And we we own and control the means of that to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, that that resiliency piece. I mean, through, you know, kind of what happened with the whole world um, in the pandemic, you know, there were so many um, food shortages like, everywhere. And just um, we saw a lot of additional assistance for folks who were on some of the food programs come through the pandemic. There was definitely a little bit more money coming through um, for families um, to support them through that. And it was really, um, I think, being at a farmer's market and then also um, as our farm having a handful of different venues to you know direct to consumer sales is we saw so many customers come out and say, this is a safe space that we can buy food. Um, we feel like we can um, best utilize our dollars, our low dollars here. Um, not only, you know, food access wise, but also um, to be a farmer and to, we're not just providing food, we're also providing educational moments, um, being able to connect with your, your farmer about food, how to eat the food, um, how to cook the food, how to utilize it, what is a kohlrabi, what are these different things? I think not only are we helping take care and pop up in towns where there might not be, or you might be in a food desert or, you know, whatever it is. Okay, great. Here's another point of source to actually obtain food, but they're also getting so much more than they would be from a grocery store where you just kind of pass over something that looks different um, because you don't know what to do with it. You can ask the farmer what to do with it. And I think having those moments too um, with our consumers, our customers, is so exciting and so important. And one of the things, you know, like Jimmy was saying that food access isn't just, yeah, um, can I go to a grocery store, you know, but it's also, can I go to my garden? Um, and being able to utilize programs like Harvest Bucks or Snap and EBT, one of the really cool things is that they can come to the farmer's market and purchase a zucchini plant to be able to nourish themselves and to think about stretching your dollars. What an amazing way to utilize $2.50 to be able to get yourself like 30, 40, I mean, depending on how big the zucchini weighs, $50 worth of food, you know, because um, I don't know. So I think for me, you know, that that food access part, the equity, 
you know, it's really beautiful to get the food on the plate, but also to be able to connect with people, teach them how to do it and empower them to be able to do it themselves. And that's one of the things that I think is most amazing about these programs is because it's, they really can, um, so many people can empower themselves to, um, to grow literally, you know, in a, in a magnitude of ways. Yeah. That's such a great point. And I, yeah, I really agree with what's already been said. I just would also like to add, I feel like an important thing to keep in mind with, with, you know, true food access and food, food security is that folks are able to access food that meets their personal needs. So not just any calories, but like healthful food, if that's what they're looking for, um, culturally appropriate foods. Um, yeah, I think just it's so important as well as we consider all the all the many different ways of trying to increase um, food access and food security that we, you know, try to prioritize um, methods that keep as much decision making power in the hands of individuals to make those choices themselves, and that we we trust that folks will <laughs> will um, make decisions that are that that are best for them. So I think that's something I've been thinking about. I know I, that we may talk more at some point uh, about the farm bill. And um, I just think it's so important that we prioritize like keeping the SNAP program in such a way that allows folks to make their own choices about what they want to spend those food dollars on. Um, just being an important piece of it. Yeah, you bring up some really important points, Hillary, and all of you um, helping to define what food access and equity is in Maine. Um, and I think what you said, Hillary, reminds me of a thought that keeps running through my head when I think about this, which is the definition of equity um, in a variety of frameworks, but it's not about everybody getting the same thing. It's about everybody getting what they need. And that applies really, that definitely applies here. Just as you said, like, it doesn't mean everybody has access to one type of market that offers one type of vegetables grown across the state. I mean, we Maine has a long history of agriculture, varied agriculture across um, the region. And we have access to so much. I mean, there's so much growing and happening across Maine farms and producers across Maine. I think it's a really special place, but we're also, um, we have high levels of poverty. We're rural and it's hard to get to areas like physically, transportation, having access to a vehicle that's reliable. Um, you know, if you live in a food desert or, a uh, gas station is the closest thing. I mean, just, I don't, I don't even live that rurally, but I still have to drive 30 minutes to get to a large grocery store. Um, so those are all definitely challenges. And I'm, I'm interested to talk more about um, what, what programs are out there and how to access them. So maybe let's jump into that and we can start talking about what the resources available are and how to, how to access them. Want to start with Maine Harvest Books? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Maine Harvest Books, it you know, broadly described is a nutrition incentive program for folks who use SNAP EBT. And it happens at um, direct to consumer outlets. So areas where or places of sale where you're buying directly from the farmer. So that would be Farmers markets, 
like we organize um, or we support farm stands like the one that Brenna May runs or CSAs like um, where Hillary is involved in coordinating with farms that offer farm shares. Um, and so the, the way it works, uh, I'll, I'll go into it with farmers markets. Um, you know, we have to, the Federation is deeply involved. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that happens before um, the Harvest Bucks program takes place, right? Like a farmer's market has to be able to accept SNAP EBT. Um, and because of current regulations around that, the the model that all farmer's markets are using that participate in SNAP or that, that uh, accept SNAP and participate in main Harvest Bucks is they have a, a central information booth, info booth, where the, the card processing machine is held. Uh, and that's a product of, as I was referring to, just federal regulations that keep this equipment pretty expensive. And even if it's evolving to a point where it's almost like Square, where farmers can have it on their phone and just take card payments through their phone, but it's still, unlike Square, um, there's a monthly charge. And that that's tied to, when we get to Farm Bill, I can talk about it more, but that's tied to, um, you know, with the, the federal regulations around accepting EBT and processing that card is like, you only get five to 10 cents per, like that's the charge is only five to 10 cents. The USDA doesn't want companies making money off of it, which I totally get, but what they're doing instead is um, is charging the, the vendor, the farmer or farmer's market um, 20 bucks a month or whatever it is in order to uh, have that machine in the first place. So kind of gets complicated there, but anyways, markets um, across the state have these info booths where SNAP is accepted. And then a shopper comes up to that information booth um, to begin their shopping experience using SNAP at the farmer's market. And the way it works is they'll either get a shopping sheet with a list of the farmers, the vendors at the market, and they go around and do their SNAP shopping first. This is the shopping sheet model. So this is happening at Belfast, in Bridgeton, Farmington, Presque Isle, number of markets across the state. Most markets do this model. Uh, that you shop with your SNAP and the farmers right next to their their name, how much you owe them. And then you go back, you're like checking out at the grocery store. You got all your foods in one hand and your shopping sheet in the other. Um, and they, to they, they tally up the total and swipe your card once for all of those transactions among all of those farmers. And then, so let's say you just spent $100 in SNAP at the farmer's market buying everything that is SNAP eligible from bread and eggs and meat to fruits and vegetables and fish, mushrooms. Um, so you spend a hundred bucks and then you will immediately upon us swiping your card, receive the bonus main harvest bucks. And right now that model um, it's where the incentive earn is two to one. So for every $2 in SNAP you spend, you earn a dollar, 50% match, if you will. So they would get $50 extra in main harvest bucks that they could then go back and spend with the farmers on fruits and vegetables, including seedlings, um, fruit and veggie and herb seedlings that they could grow in their garden. Um, and, or they could save it for another day. There's plenty of people who do their shopping when they get their benefits around the 10th of the month. And then when their SNAP funds run run out, the Harvest Bucks carry them through to the next the next charge or, or reimbursement. And I, um, so yeah, it's a great program. It's happening at over 40 farmers markets in Maine and we're adding new ones every year. And um, I, I just wanna give a shout out. It's a very much a grassroots effort. Like we, 
We are happy to work with any farmer's market to get this off the ground, but it really involves folks like Brenna May at the Bridgeton Farmer's Market and people across the state doing some serious behind the scenes work on a weekly basis while navigating everything else in their busy lives. Uh, our organization is trying our best and you know fundraising constantly to try to keep it as easy as possible for markets but but ultimately you know we the, the federation we have a staff of three like we rely on markets playing a role in you know being the boots on the ground and making bringing the program to life in their community yeah it's an exciting um program to be a part of and i would say that it's um you know jimmy did a great job of describing kind of how um, you know, the program is run at market. And one of the things that I love about doing the sheet system as well um, at our market at Bridgeton, um, the clipboard, the shopping sheet, all of it looks exactly the same for both the um, Snap EBT users as it does for our credit card users. And so when people are walking around, there isn't anything that's kind of screaming, I I'm using this program, you know what I mean? Because that can be really intimidating um, for some people who are on these programs to feel like it's announced in any way or, you know, at the grocery store, at the checkout, you know, things like that. Um, and so I love being able to run a program that can act and look very similar to what everybody else is doing. And in the end, you know, the, you know, there is this amazing added bonus of getting these harvest bucks back. And one of the things I was kind of mentioning about um, our, our farmer's market transitioning from not just being a summer market, but to a winter market, we live in an area that um, is filled with people who are trying to be, you know, self-sustaining. We're not a big city, so there's lots of open spaces for people to be growing gardens. Um, but it's really hard to do that in the winter in Maine. Um, and so we see a lot of folks, too, who are utilizing this Harvest Bucks program um, by coming to market in the summer and mostly stocking up on things they can't grow in their backyard, you know, pork. Um, maybe, you know, they don't have a dairy cow, so they're buying milk and cheese um, and maybe the seedling aspect. And then in, and that's about it. And we don't see a lot of those harvest bucks come in from some families until the winter rolls around. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, I cannot get the food that I want to be eating. And I don't want to have to now turn around and rely on the grocery store. And so to listen to the customers say, will you please really put emphasis on winter? Like, let's get some food. Let's get this market going through the winter. And then that's when they're using their harvest bucks. Um, and so they're stacking them up. And, you know, at the beginning of December, families will come in with a little zip, you know, a little zip bag filled with all these harvest bucks that they've been able to to kind of stash away for a rainy day or for a snowy day and then they can be spending it on the produce that we have throughout the winter and it's just really cool to see um how different families um are are making it work for them and to have a program that can you know there's a lot of rigidity built into it you know snap has restrictions on what you can and can't buy um which is totally understandable and the harvest box as well just because of how that money comes down in the stipulations that are put on it from the food bill etc um but they're still within all that there's still so much flexibility as to when they can use this um and it's really it's just really awesome to to see people feel, yeah, like they're able to kind of make those decisions for themselves and take control um, of their diets and what they want to be feeding, not only themselves, but maybe their children as well. If you're just tuning in, this is Common Ground Radio on WERU 89.9 FM. 
I'm Caitlin Barker, and today we're talking about food access and equity in Maine. I'm joined by Brenna May Thomas-Guggins of Patch Farm in Denmark, Maine, Jimmy DeBiazzi, Executive Director of the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets, and Hilary Barter, MOFCA's Educational Programs Coordinator. I'll just take this opportunity to say a few words about uh, what's different about how the Maine Harvest Bucks work program works on farms with CSAs. So as folks probably are aware, you know, a CSA program can take many, many different forms, also called a farm share oftentimes. So there's a huge diversity. Sometimes these programs um, involve uh, a customer purchasing uh, a box on a weekly basis through the summer that's full of whatever vegetables are ready for harvest from a farm. Um, they may pick that up at the farm, they may be able to pick that up in a more central location closer to their house. A lot of farms do deliveries of their CSA boxes um, and other farms um, operate through the winter. We have four or five farms who participate in the Maine Harvest Bucks program that have winter um, CSA shares specifically. And other farms offer other products as well. So there may be the opportunity to have bread or dairy products or mushrooms included in your box. And then still other farms um, do more of a self-serve self model. So at the core of the CSA model is a commitment, a, a statement that you would you are planning to participate throughout the season. And so you're able to support the farmer throughout the full season and commit to getting some of your nutritional needs met from that particular farm. Um, but in some cases, it's actually not a pre-packed box. You can um, arrive at a, a farmer's market even and select what you'd like to be part of your box that week. Other farms use online programs so that people can choose exactly what they want in advance and it's packed up. So I guess just wanted to emphasize that there are many forms for that to take. And there are currently about um, 17 farms, probably going up to 21 farms for this year who are going to be offering main harvest bucks through their CSA program. So we're, I think we're in over 10 counties in Maine. Those farms are located in over 10 counties. And last year they distributed like a, over $80,000 um, in local food purchases went through those farms programs. So um, the way that it works is that half of this value of the CSA share, a SNAP recipient charges to their EBT card. And the other half is paid for by Maine Harvest Bucks directly to that farmer. So the farmer receives the full benefit of a CSA share purchased. The SNAP recipient um, can pay what is affordable to them um, on a regular basis throughout the season. They make payments for that total amount for the season long CSA share. So um, I just wanna you know, emphasize that it's a really wonderful program that works for many people, not everyone. Of course, some of the barriers that have already been mentioned, transportation, um, is a big one. These these are still significant for sure, but there are many folks in many parts of the state who really love getting the regular delivery um, or pickup opportunity of the CSA box. It's also a really wonderful way for new relationships to form, for, for community to be built around farms um, all over the state. And we, we hear back from folks about the value of that often. Um, so I, yes, I wanted to summarize that. And I also just wanted to throw out there too, that um, 
other organizations in our sort of collaborative who offer mean harvest bucks, Cultivating Community, um, a wonderful organization that works with new American farmers in Maine, offers this program as well in St. Mary's Nutrition Center. Um, and then there's, of course, our sister program, Farm Fresh Rewards, that is managed by a Good Shepherd Food Bank. Um, and that program operates in small stores and groceries um, instead of in this direct way from farmers. We also participate through, you know, Mofka's CSA Harvest Bucks program at our farm. Um, and it's really, again, like that, um, the flexibility that the Harvest Bucks program has, you know, because we do have several of our CSA um, Harvest Bucks families are crossover, you know, for the farmer's market as well. Um, and so, you know, CSAs can be even more of a <clears throat> money saver for families because a lot of times CSAs are offering, you know, okay, you're paying $450 for the season, but you really get like $550 worth of produce at the end of it. And so families are like, wow, I can get some savings there. And then to be able to use the Harvest Bucks, um, you know, those on top of it um, through the, the Harvest Bucks CSA program um, and to get even more flexibility. It's just such an amazing way to, for people um, to vote with their dollar. And I think um, it, it's just really fun to see that, you know, we as a farm also participate in WIC, which is Women, Infant and Children, which is another um, program um, that is a way to get nutrition to those who might be struggling to get it. And WIC is a very structured program. Families have um, are extremely limited as to what they can use their money on. They have an app on their phone that tells them exactly what milk they can buy. And there is some choice between some organic options or not, but it also can be moving and changing a lot and be hard um, sometimes to follow as a mom or, a, you know, as a caregiver who's utilizing that program. And one of the really awesome things that came down the pipeline this year was the um, the WIC used to issue farmer's market checks. And so it was like a physical piece of paper, looked like a check, they had to sign it. Um, there were like $20 a year that a WIC um, family could use per child at farmer's market. But um, it was very limited and hard to track down where the farmer's markets were that you could use these things at. Um, WIC is very, every vendor has to be certified for it. So as a farmer at our farmer's market, I happen to be the only market, uh, the only farmer at that market who utilizes WIC. Um, and so it can be a lot harder to use that program, but now there's an, a beautiful new app. Um, it's very easy to find not only the farmers at market, perhaps different farm stands who can use it, and then they can pay right through that app. It tells them much quicker um, how they can not only find our farms, but what they can use it on. And it's not that the flexibility of what they can buy has changed. They're still only getting that $20 of benefit to use on whatever veggies they can get at farmer's market, you know, from my only my farm at our market, but all of a sudden having that kind of more digital availability and easier program, um, people were able to just pull out their phones. And if they were struggling with how to do it, um, luckily WIC, they came to my farm to educate me specifically how to use the apps. We went over it multiple times. So I, as a vendor, felt really good about 
passing those lessons on to um, these WIC users on how, how to um, open up that access and be able to use it um, with me, not only at the farmer's market, but then a lot of them were like, well, your, your farm stand is much easier to get to. And that then also allowed me to offer it here too, you know? And so another really amazing program that certainly has more limitations on it, um, but it was really cool to see how that shifted and 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 became a lot more available for people too um, this this past year. I do hope if there's any farmers listening to this, it's great. It's really easy to go through. I highly recommend becoming a, a you know a farmer who can accept WIC. It's super easy and it's and it's really fun. There's more people that I I get to meet because there isn't always snap like not all WIC. Um, recipients are SNAP recipients and vice versa. There is definitely crossover, but it's just one more um, awesome resource to get food to people who need it. And farmers should sign up. And you can do that. I mean, just Google search main WIC, W-I-C farming, and you'll likely find a link. It's, it's done through, you sign up with the Department of Health and Human Services in Maine. Um, and for Maine Harvest Bucks, you know, in the WERU listening area, I think almost all the markets, I know there's a few that are not participating, but most farmers markets in the WERU listening area are participating in Maine Harvest Bucks. And you can, of course, go to mainharvestbucks.org uh, to find all participating markets and CSAs. Um, I wanted to say a few more things on like zooming out on food access and why Maine Harvest Bucks is a great local food access program. Um, if you can imagine, you know, we're talking about on the food access side, people getting more fruits and vegetables and being able to um, expand the purchasing power of their SNAP at farmer's markets or with farm shares or at farm stands. Um, so just to speak to that a little bit more, we've done shopper surveys recently, and we know that people who participate in Maine Harvest Bucks rely less on food pantries. Um, there's a series of questions that they reported on. Uh, more than half have learned to cook new foods, as Brenna May was talking about, um, just the educational value of buying direct from farmers. You know, they're trying to sell you food. So if you don't know how to cook that vegetable, they're going to tell you. <laughs> so, and that just, you know, there's so many touch points. We partner with Maine Snap Ed. So we have these nutrition educators that show up at a lot of farmers markets, along with UMaine Cooperative Extension and even other just more local partners. They show up and they're, they're often doing some engaging activities or taste tests. Farmers often have recipes as well. But it's just amazing to see that, you know, we are decreasing the reliance on the emergency food system by offering Maine Harvest Bucks and accepting SNAP at farmers markets. Um, and then there's the whole flip side of like, this is all income for farmers. So in Waldo County, just in the month of February, there was, let's see, $1.6 million landing on people's SNAP cards. Um, that benefiting over almost 6,000 households in Waldo County. I'm sorry, 6,000 individuals um, in Waldo County, which most of them are going to be children and seniors, uh, and, you know, working families. So yeah, so $1.6 million, like most SNAP funds in the state of Maine and across the country go to supermarkets, right? They're super convenient. I get it. And the food is cheapest there. Um, often, but the, the cheap food there is often not super healthy food. If you go to a farmer's market, you're going to be hard pressed to find stuff that's not very healthy. 
Um, so that's an amazing thing about this. You know, we're bringing them to areas where like the affordable food are the healthy options, especially because of Maine harvest bucks. And we're also taking these, you know, it, it's a subsidy for big supermarkets when people who people are getting these federal dollars to buy food and they're spending them at these big supermarkets who, you know, in some cases, some of their employees may be also receiving SNAP because they're not getting paid enough, which is makes it a pretty perverse subsidy where they're able to not pay their employees fully or a living wage, and then they get on SNAP and then spend their SNAP there. So it's breaking in it, you know, it's breaking that cycle. It's investing in like the local farming and food economy. In 2021, um, I'm looking at some numbers here, but just the main harvest bucks program gave out about $400,000 in fresh food or people accessed over $400,000 in fresh fruits and vegetables directly buying from local farmers, whether it's the farmer's market or the CSA or farm stands. And that's just the main harvest buck side. So the snap side, because you got to earn, you earn main harvest bucks by spending snap. You can at least assume that's a one-to-one -one match. And it, it, it is. And in that case in 2021, it totaled to over a million dollars. So that's, you know, at farmer's markets across Maine, you go to the Augusta Mill Park farmer's market and on some days, um, like 20 to 40% of their sales are due to this program. So this program is not only helping farmers, but it's it's boosting farmer's markets and farmer's markets are a great avenue for new farms and food businesses to start. So it's like, it's producing or it's helping to, it's contributing to thriving local food economies in a wonderful way. And I feel like we're just scratching the tip of the iceberg on it in terms of getting the word out, making sure shoppers know about it and are accessing it um, and really just putting more money and investment to it. Um, you know, right now we're at the two to one match, but we used to be at a one to one match. And it's just totally a function of like not having enough money in our budget to go back to that one to one match where if somebody spends $50 in SNAP, they'll get another 50 in the harvest bucks to spend with the local farmers. This is Common Ground Radio on 89.9 FM, WERU Blue Hill. I'm Caitlin Barker. I'm speaking with three panels today about food equity and access in Maine. So I was thinking we could go into the funding side of this and some upcoming important policy things happening. And maybe, Hillary, you want to jump in and talk about the farm bill that comes up this year and a little background about that? Sure, I could start things off and... Um feel free to jump in anybody else and add add to it. You know, the farm bill in general, of course, is a gigantic, um, gigantic bill of being negotiated at the moment, federally. Um, a big part of what's in the farm bill is funding for the SNAP program nationwide. So on the one hand, there's, um, there's the question of how the SNAP program will be funded. And um, of course that has a huge impact on people's ability to feed themselves on Mainers who participate in that program. And then um, because the Maine Harvest Bucks program and Farm Fresh Rewards are so closely tied to the SNAP program, it will also have a huge impact on, um, you know, who can make, make use of the Maine Harvest Bucks program um, and to what extent farmers can continue to benefit from it in the ways that Jimmy was just talking about. Um, so, you know, one thing that we're seeing right now in that realm is that uh, pandemic um, EBT benefits that were 
um, increased, of course, to help people deal with the, the increased challenges of the COVID pandemic um, are coming to an end. And so I've heard it described as a, a hunger cliff that many people are facing with this, this reduction in benefits. And so I think we are really at a crucial moment um, when it's incredibly important that, that we try to maintain and or strengthen this program and that folks are aware of debates that are that are happening and are going to happen in the coming months um, and are, are actively sharing their views on on the benefits of, of that program. Um, yeah, Jimmy, maybe you want to talk specifically about the federal funding for our for the Maine Harvest Bucks program. Is that sure? Make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the farm bill supports nutrition incentive programming um, through the current farm bill we're in. Um, it's it's called GUSNIP, the Gus Schumacher Nutrition Incentive Program. It funds nutrition incentive programming across the country. Um, it's it's definitely a very, very large fund. And the way we access those funds uh, is by applying for a grant, right? So we have to make a pitch to the USDA for how we're going to use the funds and better the state and you know do our great work. Um, and we we actually apply for it as a whole New England network with a number of other New England states based um, the, the lead on that is Farm Fresh Rhode Island down in um, Providence. Um, and so so we're currently in, we just received, um, and it's just starting a three-year GUSNIP grant for our network. Um, and one of the challenges with the current GUSNIP grant that we are advocating for now as the new farm bill is being debated in Washington um, is just the limitations, like GUSNIP has evolved in such a way that for, for lack of a better word, like I think they don't have good boots on the ground for what's what the reality of what the reality is for the farmers market community and these pr nutrition incentive programs as they relate to um, like small rural farming communities. Um, the funding restrictions that for the grant that we are currently part of GUSNIP uh, is pretty challenging um, and has led to uh, a huge fundraising need for our collective organizations in funding Maine Harvest Bucks this year, just for my organization alone to run, to, to have Maine Harvest Bucks fully funded at farmer's markets this year, it's about a $200,000 deficit that we're fundraising for. And I'm sure with Mofka, it's a pretty good number too. Um, so the the current GUSNIP grant um, definitely has just, and it's based on, it requires a one-to-one -one match for every dollar they give us. We have to give a matching dollar to the program, which is definitely unrealistic for a rural, under relatively under-resourced state. Um, and GUSNIP is also just being awarded to, there, there's a lot of pilots and projects in the pipeline for like grocery stores to tap into these nutrition incentive funds, which, you know, from one angle, rising tide raises all ships. I, I want people to be able to access and be incentivized to buy more fruits and vegetables at grocery stores, you know, and I want people to be able to stretch their SNAP funds wherever they shop. Um, but for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier of just how it really, you know, when it's for farmers markets and the local food community, it's such an economic driver. I, you know, I I think when one thing we are advocating for is a separate tier um, of that grant set aside for 
direct to consumer, local far, you know, farmers markets and CSA programming. So that's we're working with Pingree's office and a number of statewide and national advocacy groups, including Fair Food Network, to push for Gus Nip to be a lot more friendly to the farmers market community that that is thriving due to this program or you know that is helping this program th thrive at farmers markets and with direct to consumer outlets. So there's a I, I don't know what the call to action is aside from, you know, reminding Pingree's office and, and looping in even, you know, our, the rest of our delegation from Maine, Colin's office of like reducing the match, making EBT equipment free for farmers, um, for direct consumer locations, including farmers markets, and, and just really supporting that the technology is always low cost moving forward, the EBT snap card processing technology. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, funding it continuously, bigger chunks, longer periods of time. So we don't have to do a song and dance every three to five years. And we can really just focus on growing the program and getting the word out there. It's There's a lot of proof that it's super effective um, and it's time for the USDA to just back it and not not ask us to do to apply for it every two to five years. I think also, I guess the last thing I'll say is that, you know, the, a greater ideal would be that it's just on people's SNAP cards. And that's something like Massachusetts has piloted this for years, the healthy incentive program, where if you're spending your SNAP at a participating farmer, like there's just another account when you swipe the card and you've got, you know, you've got your SNAP funds and there's this other fund that is just automatically allocated to it based on your spending. And that's a really cool model and could be, could be great in Maine, but the farmers, you know, we need the tech we need, like, if it's going to require every farmer to have a smartphone, I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> in this next decade or so, whether it's connectivity issues or, you know, just farmers of different ages and preferences that are not going to do that. So yeah, there's just making it customizable for each community definitely helps. And I guess I'll, if, if we want to talk about the state fund, um, Friday, March 3rd, there's a hearing at 10 a.m. for the governor's budget, and we have been actively working with a great um, collaboration in Maine to get the state to put some state dollars towards this program. Um, so that's happening. There's also a bill. So it's in the governor's budget, but there's also a bill for backup. <laughs> um, and either way, it would be a, a major allocation that would definitely help all of our organizations meet our current funding gaps that we're going to have for the next three years due to, you know, because of the federal grant we're tied to. Um, and it could be an even greater gap moving forward. So having baseline continuous funding from the state of Maine for programs like Maine Harvest Bucks and Farm Fresh Rewards will, will really just be an amazing investment in public health in Maine and in local economic development in the agricultural community. Um, yeah, so that's tomorrow we're advocating for the state. You know, if you if you want to tune in, like reach out to MFFM and we'll make sure to loop you in when um, these bills are being voted on. But we really want it to be continuous funding at the level that it currently is. Does anyone else want to jump in on this topic specifically? Well, we could also talk about, um, you know, we talked a little bit about a call to action, but what can people in Maine do to support these programs beyond writing to our representatives? How, how can we support um, food access programs in Maine? 
at the farmer's market community, a lot of these info booths, like the programs take our run, Main Harvest Bucks is run out of these info booths and a, many markets have volunteers in that position and it saves the markets thousands of dollars in paying for a staff person. So if you, if you want to be involved in your local farmer's market community, you can volunteer to help staff the info booth. Um, it's usually like a three to five hour shift, depending on the market, um, once a week. And of course, there could be a rotation of volunteers involved. So that goes a long way. Um, you can also donate if, you, if you're excited about this program at farmer's markets and farm stands. Um, you can donate to the main federation of farmer's markets. As I mentioned, we have a big fundraising goal this year, $200,000, and we're turning over all stones in the process. Um, and I'll let, you know, for Mafka. If, if you want to support it with CSAs in your community, if you're not seeing a lot of farmer's markets in your community, you can also donate to MAFCA, not to make that pitch for you, Hillary. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, do donation and cash support definitely helps, um, and, you know, just help to get the word out too. That's another way you can support farmer's markets. A lot of markets have a SNAP committee. You know, they're meeting around this time and they're thinking about ways to grow, grow the impact of their work. So if you're you work for a local service provider or you're just familiar with the food pantries and places where people who use snap might be found whether it's a head start or elsewhere um just there's always support in getting the word out uh, you can reach out to my organization the main federation of farmers markets and we're happy to connect you and even call on you as a volunteer on occasion when we're doing special events to support markets in your area yeah i would just add on to that um Many of the CSA farms that work with us also have their own um, food access programming or um, or systems of some sort. So this can look different on a lot of different farms, but you know some folks offer sliding scale um, pricing where you can pay a little bit more if you if you purchase a CSA there and have the ability to, or you can pay less. And this can be really super helpful for folks who are living on low incomes, but don't currently qualify for SNAP. Um, so, you know, by simply by participating in a CSA at many of these farms, you, um, you know, you can support your neighbors who may be having a harder time accessing healthy food. I just wanted to also put a plug in for some of the many, many other super wonderful organizations in our state that are doing work around increasing food access, like in Waldo County specifically, um, Waldo County Bounty has a lot of really, really um, important programs going on. They have a uh, farm to pantry program um, that was started during the pandemic and is still growing strong three years later and is being expanded. Um, they have gleaning programs as do a lot of other meat organizations around the state where they can um, you know, mobilize a group of volunteers to pick a huge quantity of um, produce that would otherwise just be left in the field um, at a farm that doesn't have a market for it um, and bring that to food pantries. Um, so a lot of creative community-based solutions uh, that are that are happening and are really worth supporting. So, uh, you know, yeah, just to finish off that thought too, Hillary, like Maine Senior Farm Share if you're above a certain age and meet a certain income threshold, um, you can get a $50 share from, with you know, a $50 credit to spend on fruits and vegetables from participating farm share farms. So you could Google Maine Senior Farm Share um, if you have questions about that. 
Um, that's a great program. Helps both helps farms and helps folks access more fruits and vegetables. There's also Mainers Feeding Mainers, um, which is essentially a Good Shepherd Food Bank administers that, and they're buying um, they're buying produce from farms and using them to stock food pantries and other emergency food outlets across the state. So it's a, another great way to use Maine's thriving local food scene to to help feed into the emergency food system in Maine. I do have another plug. <laughs> uh, we, Maine Federation of Farmers Markets run a program called Bumper Crop. Um, and this is a, another way you can get involved in supporting local foods. Uh, it's effectively a gift certificate um, for the farmers market community of Maine. Um, and the way we market it is we get employers to, to use them, to purchase them from us, to give to their employees as a wellness benefit or just a simple employee appreciation gesture. Or if you have customers, you know, you could use it as a customer reward. And uh, one of the ways we sell this program or a value add is that you're you're only paying for the gift certificates that are actually redeemed. So if you wanted $1,000 to give to your employees, you're only on the hook for that what is redeemed. We have a unique code system to track that. And we so we're exploring using bumper crop as a fruit and veggie prescription solution. Uh, so where like hospitals and clinics can give those gift certificates to their um, to their patients that that may be in need of some access to some food. Um, and and yeah, it's just it's a versatile tool. We you know it's it's a gift certificate ultimately. Um, but depending on you know you as an individual shopper, you can even buy them from us, and they're accepted at over fifty farmers markets across the state. Definitely all of the major ones. This show has been such um, has provided such an abundance of resources. I mean, the amount of programs and organizations that are organizing across the state to increase food access. Um, is incredible. And I just want to note for anyone listening that the show notes will have links to all of the programs that have been mentioned today. So if you go to weru.org and search Common Ground Radio, you'll be able to access um, archives, recordings of the show, as well as links um, to all the resources we talked about today. So as we wrap up this show, um, I'm just wondering if we can throw out a few more bits of information for people wondering about how to access markets and CSAs. I live in a rural area. How do I find the closest market or CSA and in the summertime or wintertime? Because I know they change and there are plenty of markets happening this winter that people may not even know about with access to root veggies and meat and other all sorts of other products that you know you can still have access to in the wintertime. So you can go to mainfarmersmarkets.org. Uh, we we have, you can search, if you click the shoppers tab, you can search markets by day of the week. You can click find a market near you and type in your zip code and search from five miles to 25 mile radius. Um, and that that will list the winter markets. Of course, if you're looking for Maine Harvest Bucks, it's best to go to mainharvestbucks.org click markets and you'll see a full list um, by town of the, the markets that are participating. And for CSAs, you know, Real Maine has a pretty good database. I don't know if there's a better CSA clearinghouse out there that anybody's aware of. That's a good question. I mean, you, you can use Mofka's um, search tool to find CSAs under CSA is the keyword and you can um, 
you know, select which counties you want to search in, but that is limited to certified organic farms. So the real main one might be a great choice if you want that to be a broader search, all farms. And I think that's just realmain.com, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Well, I want to thank my guests for joining me today on Common Ground Radio on WERU 89.9 FM. I'm Caitlin Barker. Um, thanks to Hillary Barter, MAFCA's Educational Programs Coordinator, Brenna May Thomas-Guggins of Patch Farm in Denmark, Maine, and Jimmy DiBiase, Executive Director of the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for this conversation. Common Ground Radio is a production of the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association in conjunction with WERU. I'd like to thank my co-host Holly Cedarholm, who isn't here today, and also our co-worker Claire Boland, who produces the show. Common Ground Radio can be heard here on the second Thursday of each month at 4 p.m. Archives of previous episodes can be found on WERU.org, as well as on the WERU app. Thanks for tuning in today. Now stay tuned for more great programming right here on WERU 89.9 FM.